Welcome. You're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. I am your host, John Martellero, and this week my guest is Charlotte Henry from the Mac Observer. Charlotte, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Nice to have you on the show again. For the listeners, Charlotte is the Mac Observer's UK Associate Editor based in London. A self-described media junkie, she has also written for City AM, London's daily business tabloid, Computer Business Review, and The Times, amongst others. Pretty cool. Charlotte, today I want to ask you about Apple TV Plus. As is our favorite to topic, our, John. Yeah, streaming media is both of a fetish for both you and me, and I enjoy talking to you about it. Hey, listen, there's not a lot else we can do at the moment, John. We need we need to binge watch. <laughs> That's true. Recently, there was a um, report from Park Associates on streaming TV service market share. And just to summarize, uh, Netflix had 56%. There's 10,000 users, by the way, in the survey. 56% for Netflix. Amazon Prime Video at 43%. Hulu at 32%. Disney, 25%. Apple TV Plus rounded out at 10%. Now, you can look at that glass half empty or glass half full. You know, Apple's kind of new guy on the block, but um, it's a free service. And so you would think... Well, it's free with a thousand-dollar device, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you—that's true. You, what's the entry point here? Like, I guess you can uh, get an iPad for two ninety-nine. Yeah, an iPad, Apple TV, four K, those kind of things will get you in as well. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, the most common entry point for people, I would imagine, is an iPhone. I watch it on my Apple TV, four K. And a big screen, and mm. I have a nice sound system, so I kind of enjoy doing that. Although I have a twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, and curling up in the recliner with with uh, a streaming service on my iPad and the recliner is awfully nice. I have a pair of Sony noise cancellation headphones, and that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, yeah, just not to get too diverted on this, I because yeah. my computer, my Mac Mini, is near in the same room and pretty near my main television. I also uh, plug my Mac mini into my main kind of television and watch it that way. So what do you think about these ratings? Is this 10% a really bad situation for Apple or is it something that's just something we should expect and that's going to grow? Although the competition is pretty heavy. Yeah, the competition is heavy. I don't know. Will it grow? You assume so. I mean, there was another report I wrote up by an analyst earlier this week that said it would be, I think it was 100 million users by 2025, and we can discuss that. But um, do, 10% is kind of where you would expect it. We know it's not been a super success. We know no one's really paying for it at the moment, but we know enough people have iPhones and other devices that there's still some people that will get it. I don't know. Does this show to me, considering the amount of iPhone units sold, let's just talk about iPhones, never mind the extra stuff. It doesn't show a great conversion rate, does it? From people who buy your products to people who watch your TV service that you're giving them at no extra cost. That's right. There's the conversion factor, but there's also the game theory element of this, and that is is, is a zero-sum game. These numbers are market share. And yes. so for Apple to gain market share, somebody else has to lose market share. Yes, yes. And I don't see where that's coming from. It might come from Hulu. 
It's not going to come from Disney+. Plus. Well, th- this is the question, and you and I have discussed it multiple times, both privately and on air. We've both said, what subscription service are you giving up to get Apple TV+. Plus? There are a finite number of things that people will pay to subscribe to. That's why it's a to. zero-sum game, yeah. Yeah. I I think there is something in that. I don't well, I don't think Apple TV Plus has got to that point at the moment because currently not many people are having to make that decision. You can just have Apple TV Plus and Disney Plus and Netflix and Amazon Prime. And it's not costing you any more to have TV Plus. We're coming down to that crunch time pretty fast. But we're coming down to that crunch time November pretty 2nd. fast. Yeah, November 2nd, November is month 13. So, which we've talked about since month 1. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is the crunch point. That will be the moment at which we start to... And the truth is probably Apple needed the conversion rate to be higher because you're going to lose some people at that point, right? Now, obviously, the the free offer is still going and people, you know, people who bought the iPhone SE may still be signing up. People who bought new MacBook Pros may still be signing up and so on and so so on. It's not... November 1st, total cutoff. Not everyone got Apple, was like us and got Apple TV Plus the first day it arrived. There's, there's obvious, there is a lag in this, but it is a crucial moment that November 1st, November 2nd. Because it's crucial, I have a theory that Apple is sitting on some exciting shows that they're going to roll out in mid-October and make a big fuss about. And well, I think they probably could have come out sooner, but I think they're sitting on them. I think they probably would have liked to do that. I don't know how much the halting being stopped because of COVID nineteen has yeah, true. has delayed that and has ruined that plan. I think your theory is very good in the old world where you could film TV shows. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Best laid plans of mice, men, Well, I think there services. is an element of that, and I think it could actually cost <laughs> Apple TV+. Plus Because, for example, I am sure they would have wanted the morning, the second series of, say, The Morning Show to be ready just at the point of pe- when people are deciding whether or not to resubscribe. They might still be able example. to do that. I was reading an article the other day, maybe one of the Hollywood Reporter like sites and they were talking about production beginning to tentatively resume in July in some cases. So they might Yeah, be able obviously to pull it, it off. depends how far down the road you are and how comfortable people are with doing it and what you know what actually needs to be done and so on. Because obviously there's a big difference in a show that can be shot outside, say, or a show that requires people to sit in an edit suite together for a long period of time. Do you, yeah. do you know what I mean? If you're yeah. whatever stage you're at, like there's a lot of different factors at the moment. Um, but I, I, I do think the delay to the shows, the big name shows that the service launched with is a problem. I think defending Jacob has done a very good job for Apple TV plus in bringing people in. I'd love to see some figures of people signing up post that arriving on the service. Cause I think that's been a bit of a breakthrough hit. Um, and yeah, it needs another one. This is the thing. When you don't have the back catalogue, you need the breakthroughs. And Apple TV Plus has not had that in too many cases. There's nothing particularly... I mean, I haven't watched all of the content. Some of the content is pretty good on there. I've enjoyed most of the stuff I've watched. But 
how much of it, if it wasn't my job, would I pay to watch? I'm still undecided. I have another theory. There is this tension. Go on, John, theorize. There, there is this tension with the acknowledgement of COVID-19. You can do a show, a fictional show that is set in the current day, but does not acknowledge the existence of the pandemic and nobody's wearing masks. And that has an effect on production processes. Or you could be in the <laughs> present day with fiction and you can <laughs> make a concession and acknowledgement to COVID-19. Everybody's wearing masks in real life. And this show is a fictional representation of real life. And so they're wearing masks, too, which could actually aid the production process. I don't mean- know where that's going. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you, you do you think you could have the morning show covering COVID-19? I don't know. I think probably we need some... <laughs> Maybe. I think we probably need a bit of escapism, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, but um, escapism can also lead to a little bit of um, sour grapes feeling about, you know, they're they're living in fantasy land and they're not yeah, grappling I know with you mean. reality. Um, I've been watching, a, yeah, I've been watching a lot of like silly sitcoms, particularly US sitcoms during all of this. Um, and I've, uh, yeah, people just walking into bars and giving their friends a hug is uh, quite, uh, is hard to watch. No, it's, um, I think probably we do need some escapism. I think some of the stuff on Apple TV Plus has probably done all right by that. And now I'm going to annoy you a bit because I've been enjoying Central Park. Oh, I know. we talked about that on it, TDO briefly. We did. Give us a description a of Central Park. Give us a setup and tell us what it's about. Okay, so it's a cartoon. It's from the makers of Bob's Burgers. And it is about the family of the man that runs Central Park. He, in New York, Central Park, Central Park. He so is, she's like an operations uh, manager? Yeah, that kind of vibe, like chief park keeper kind of vibe. I think he has a proper title that's escaped me. But anyway, um, his wife's a journalist. He's got two kids. He lives in Central Park. There's all sorts of characters. And obviously there's a Cruella de Vil-like baddie who's trying to buy the park and crush it and turn it into condos or something. It's very silly. Oh, and it's musical. And there's a narrator who is uh, a violin playing busker. Hmm. You still with me? Ah, yeah, kind of. That sounds very weird. It's not that weird. It's it's a bit silly. It's a bit... It's kind of Book of Mormon meets Bob's Burgers, that kind of vibe. I Is it successful in taking your mind off things, if, if that may be the only metric we need? I, I don't think that is the only metric. Yeah, it's quite fun. I mean, it's a bit weird watching people in Central Park at the moment, but... <laughs> It's a fun, silly cartoon, and it doesn't pretend to be anything else, and that's okay. Um, And I think probably Apple needed something like that that isn't just a big, gut-wrenching, hard-hitting drama. I saw a tweet this morning that said, Central Park may be the salvation of Apple TV+, and I could hardly contain my laughter. I mean, I think that's possibly pushing it a bit, and I didn't. <laughs> she says in low key mode. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that is pushing it a bit, and I promise you that wasn't my tweet. But <laughs> I, I do think it is a good addition because, and, and this will maybe bring us on to another topic we want to discuss. I know that we're keen to delve into, but um, 
the big thing lacking on Apple TV Plus is diversity of content. It's all kind of very, let's be honest, it's all very Apple. It's big lack name of diversity dramas, plus very lack, s- lack of uh, excitement, lighting up the boards, jazz, uh, hubbub, <laughs> social media excitement. Um, yeah, I just I think the word in a family environment, you know, kind of like euphemistically a sex appeal. Not that I'm talking about sex. I'm just talking about that yeah, trigger I mean, in the mind that says, oh, this is cool. Like the Mandalorian or like Picard, something where you go. Not every show has to be a, a signature series that's, you know, costs yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars. But yeah, yeah, still, yeah, yeah. you'd like a series to light you up in some way. There's that magic attachment. There's that yeah, trigger it, point where you watch the trailer and you go, oh, oh, I got to see this. Exactly. And I think for some things on that. So there's big, exciting content, like the type of shows you've described. We spent millions and millions of dollars on it and it's got big, famous stars and that's that. And that's fine. And there's some good shows on that. I mean, you couldn't really tempt me to watch C, but... I've enjoyed For All Mankind. Um, I've enjoyed The Morning Show. We we both think Dickinson was clever. Um, well, how'd you do on Dickinson? Did you finally finish it? I'm nearly there. I'm I'm going through it. I'm oh, enjoying that, that. Isn't that fun? It, it is. It's really clever. It is. Um, and and the documentaries are really good. I've done a review of Visible. Um, there's they've done some Oprah stuff during the COVID nineteen panda crisis that we're going through there's there's stuff on there that is good um but it's not very diverse it's all quite serious do you think that the content we've seen so far is poised for growth or is it just simply now the process of trying to accumulate some some content do you mean buying back catalog stuff well i mean there's there's the issue of having enough content to compel people to to pay on November second, mm-hmm. but then there's a secondary issue: is is the rate of growth of the content and the quality of the content poised for the kind of growth that was recently talked about in that article you wrote at Mac Observer, where the analyst predicted a hundred million paid subscribers by 2025. I mean, yeah, that does that, I mean, that sink? I mean, are you seeing the kind of content? quality and rate of growth that says to you yeah 100 million easy or are you saying oh that's a stretch uh i think it depends paid subscribers so that um i mean it seems a pretty big number to jump from we don't the problem is of course we don't really know how many people are using apple tv plus we know that um i've seen numbers from 10 to 20 million right but that that's quite a big range Say, let's compromise, say, 15 million people have Apple TV Plus at the moment, and of them, what, 12 million would be happy to pay for it? It's all very rough, but you know what I'm saying. Like, that's, you might have to increase in five years, four and a half years, ten, tenfold. I think Apple is in a trial period right now where they're looking at the rate of growth and how much market share they have and how much they're gaining. And they're saying, are we delivering the kind of content that's going to deliver us the growth we want? And if not, do we have to go back and revise our production schedules and our content approvals? Yep. So that's where we are. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a very, very big public, very expensive public beta. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure it should have been that way. Actually, now that I think about it, I, I'm not sure that is the first impression. But there's probably enough quality there that it won't cost Apple too much. All right. Well, we've come to the end of the first half of the show. It's time to take a commercial break. We'll be back. I'm chatting with the Mac Observer's Charlotte Henry. Stay with us. Today, our sponsor is MacPaw. One of MacPaw's apps I want to tell you about today is Clean My Mac X. Clean My Mac X is a beautifully designed application for managing clutter on your Mac. It shows you exactly what's stored on your Mac, revealing app leftovers and system junk that you didn't know existed. The app's most popular feature is Smart Scan. It examines your system for system log files and user cache that is no longer needed. Smart Scan also does a quick malware scan. Time to complete? A few seconds. Designed for Mac OS 10.10 and higher, Clean My Mac X helps speed up even the oldest machines. The maintenance feature offers multiple tweaks to optimize your slow system. An installation takes just a couple of minutes. Clean My Mac X has a trial mode, which allows you to try out the app's features for free and decide whether it works for you. Visit macpaw.com podcast to purchase a subscription and use coupon code BGM2020 to receive 5% off. Click the Buy Now button, then scroll to the bottom of your screen to enter the code before completing your purchase. Clean My Mac X is also now available in the Apple App Store. So check it out. And thanks, MacPaw, for being our sponsor. We're back. I'm chatting with the Mac Observer's Charlotte Henry about Apple TV Plus and in general streaming media. There was a recent article at Mac Rumors about the addition of a new executive, a content executive named James oh. Lorenzo. Yeah, we wrote up about it at the Mac Observer as well. Uh, I think we did. And I, I know we did because I wrote it. Oh, okay, okay. I was looking for it real quick. I couldn't find it. I was looking for it real quick for the show notes. So what do you think about that? I mean, that kind of fits in with the first half of the show we were talking about. It does, very much so. Um, so, yeah, just the background on this because I've written, as, yeah, as you say, we've, we've got the news side of it. And also I've, I've did a little... Uh, an editorial piece of analysis on this um, prior to us recording the show as well. James DiLorenzo has done a lot of sports video stuff at Amazon and it looks like he has moved over to Apple TV Plus to to lead its move into li- presumably live sports. Um, uh, the recent editorial I posted said, one, you know... and." Uh, why on earth has this not been done before? Apple is too late. Brian Chaffin and I, when we discussed it on TDO, were kind of like, this is so obviously a good idea. It's like, it, obviously this is where Apple TV plus needs to go. It has to offer some kind of something different. It's high quality. It is, you know, live sports is premium content. It is, Something, you know, even as something as silly as the fact that we know Tim Cook is a big sports fan leads us to know that this kind of thing the company could do. But it sounds like what we were talking about in the first half of the show where we were thinking that Apple was sizing up the situation, looking at its growth and deciding whether its plans that they had originally were working and whether it was going to be as successful as they thought and whether they needed to make any changes on the fly. Yeah, it looks see- like the addition of sports is one of those new additions that's part of the process of giving it a boost. 
Yeah, this is the bit I can't quite get my head around. I say this in the editorial. I don't understand why this wasn't the plan and with the people in place at well, I the think start. I, know why. I think Apple, it was a little bit too overconfident in the quality of its shows. Yeah, maybe. And when they designed the, the shows and approved the, uh, the uh, plot lines and the show concepts, they thought, well, this is really great stuff. This is really high quality. People are going to flock to this. And then you discovered a couple of things. The competition was really tough. Disney Plus came out. And maybe maybe the nature of the shows, even though it was high quality, didn't have that certain kind of je ne sais quoi appeal that uh, lit people up. And so now they're rethinking. I don't know. To me, you, you may well be right. To me, live sport is fairly obvious. I think one of the biggest hurdles, actually, and in a way this proves my point more that they should have worked on this from earlier, is that is that sports rights are complicated. It's a messy, messy mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one thing, because Apple TV Plus is only original content, there are no rights issues. Apple TV Plus is the same whether I'm watching it in the UK, whether you're watching it in the US, a friend is watching it some, you know, in another country, whatever. Apple TV Plus is the same for everyone. I think that's a really big advantage to Apple TV Plus. I think that's a very good thing. Issues, but there's regional interest in sports. Like we don't watch uh, as much football slash soccer in the US as you guys do, although it's getting more and more popular. Yeah, I mean, but okay, so soccer is a great example. I mentioned this in my piece. In the UK, on a Saturday, you are not allowed, it is illegal to broadcast live soccer between 2.45 and 5.15pm. That is not allowed in this country. Why? um, Because most soccer games take place at 3pm on a Saturday and the concern was if it was on TV, people wouldn't go to the games. Oh, that's like the blackout thing that we have in the US. So there's... So there's the it's a, it's a bit like regional blackouts in the US, but it is across the board. There is no live soccer to be broadcast between those hours on a Saturday, and so you. But obviously, in other countries, they do broadcast those games. So if Apple TV Plus said, "Oh, we quite fancy buying some soccer rights," mm-hmm. you could you could watch them in the US, but I at the moment couldn't watch them in the UK. Actually, as it happens, they've changed those rules for the remainder of this season because of the pandemic and and they want make it easy for people to watch and stay at home but in general that's not allowed here and like you say there's regional blackouts of different sports when i was in the us you know a few years ago it was i could watch more games on mlb tv was when i was in the uk than when i was in the us because i in a certain region there are blackouts right mm mm-hmm. And so, the, this is my point. It becomes very, very messy, and you get you lose the uniformity of TV Plus. The uniformity that we know Apple is very keen on is, uh, you know, loves everything clean and simple and straightforward. I know some services are available in different countries, but, but they'd rather have growth than be a slave to an initial concept that's not working. That's probably true, and this may be a compromise, but it becomes 
very, very messy. Now, I think probably of all the, you know, Apple can find a way to sort this. There is probably enough. There is probably some high level global sport it can acquire the global rights to. For me, the obvious entry point is college sports. Does that make sense to you as a, as a US consumer? That seems to be a place Apple could gain some kind of foothold in. I know the big channels do host, host the big games. Yeah, but that does make sense. Although it, college football is almost as big as the NFL nowadays. Right. No, I'm so, but there might be some route through that. Um, even if it's just a few college football games, you're not going to, maybe not going to get the, you know, prime ones, but just as a starting point, you can be the place for that. Um, Amazon Prime Video started off with some, with tennis. I'm sure that's possible. The, you know, these are the type of things because I, what I don't think it can do, um, uh, as I say in the piece is just have kind of ESPN 12 offcuts. Do you know what I mean? Like right. the stuff that no one's going to watch because right. that's, you've got to maintain curling. the quality. Curling. Don't be rude about curling <laughs> to a Brit. <laughs> I'm watching Still Standing with Johnny Harris on Amazon Prime, and he visits little Canadian towns that are struggling and finds the humorous aspects of uh, the people who are working together to keep their town alive and, and surviving. And some of these little towns in Canada have populations as low as 300. But every town that he's visited that I can see has a curling rink. No matter how poor, no matter how desperate they are no matter how many shops have closed and businesses that have boarded up and big businesses that have laid off employees they still keep their curling rinks alive (laughs) (laughs) there you go you see you're being disparaging but (laughs) all right so we only have a few minutes left all right and i saw i wanted to get on to another topic Go on, hit me. So uh, Apple TV was ranked third in the American mm. Customer Satisfaction Index but survey, but Apple TV Plus ranked 12th. You yes. about this. Uh, Tell me about this. Yeah. Uh, as my headline said, Apple TV app beats Apple TV Plus. Um, one of my bugbears, as you know, well, one of my bugbears, as you know, is the naming markup between Apple TV, the box apple tv the app and apple tv plus the service Mm -hmm. you know how much this irritates me and i think this this uh this survey which is a kind of underlines it so people uh gave apple tv app an above average score but of uh 78 uh, it was seventy-seven. It was up from the year before. So when they um, when they give it a but this uh, when they when they express their appreciation, they're expressing the appreciation for the operation of the app and its content. Yeah, it's just it's, it's exactly it's a scale of zero to one hundred, and it's you know satisfaction with the product. Whereas I assume when they, both when they rate I, Apple TV Plus, all they can do is rate the content because there's no. Cur- structure so there's a little bit of a disconnect there exactly but so it shows that disconnect it also shows just how messy the naming structure is but i'll stop ranting about that yeah because apple tv plus actually was below average it had a score of 74 
I believe the average score was 75. So uh, Disney Plus won, but, uh, was top of the pile with a score of 80. Netflix was on 78 and Apple TV app and Hulu both had a score of 77. So this was rated on usability or uh, the interface? I think it's everything. It's, it's a, as it says, it's a cut, customer satisfaction survey. Mm, okay. Um, and so bottom of the pile was something called Sony Crackle, which I'd never heard of, I have to confess. Me neither. Sling was not, didn't do very well. Showtime didn't do great. Um, the kind of in and around Apple TV Plus were Google Play and HBO, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it, it there is obviously some kind of disconnect with how people are responding to Apple TV Plus. Now, maybe that score, we, we don't really have such a breakdown, but you know, I'm sure a lot of that score is content is for TV Plus is based on the content. Can you conceive of Apple rebranding Apple TV Plus on November 2nd? Uh, no, I think we're slightly past the point of no return on that. All right. I'm just wondering what you thought about that. Whether they call the box something different or rename that. I think changing the name of the box and changing the name of the app are much more sim- are much simpler. Really? Yeah, I think so. Apple TV 4K is pretty well ensconced in Google search and in our language and... Apple branding. Yeah, but I think the I think yeah, but I think then introducing us the streaming service with that name has shifted that a bit. I think more non-techy people know the service as opposed to the box. Okay. I'll have to disagree with you there, but that's okay. I I think I think probably most if you said to most brackets, you know, quote unquote normal people, what is Apple TV? They would say a streaming service, not a box or an app. And they wouldn't know that then the plus is insignificant to them. Okay, we'll have to leave it there at that. So there's been some on new that additions. Bombshell. On that bombshell, as Jeremy Clarkson says, from the old Top Gear series. So <sighs> we talked about... Um, you got Top new... Gear, help me. Well, yeah, they, they, they left... Top Gear and started a new show on Amazon called Grand Tour, and that went for. Oh, like I know. Three I years. lived through the. Trust me, I lived through the uh, Top Gear controversy here in the UK. It was front yeah. page news for a while. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We won't need, we won't need to go into it here, but um, Grand Tour seems to have run its course as well, and now they're off on individual projects. James May did a tour of Japan, which was really interesting. Anyway, we turned from subroutine. Um, we talked about uh, Central Park as a new addition to Apple TV+. Plus. There's also a couple others. There's Trying and one called Deer. Have you been looking at those? Uh, well, there's a few movies coming. They're not, there's, they haven't arrived yet. I think Trying and Deer are already in place, though, aren't they? I haven't watched Deer. I do want to watch that. Um, there's some big-name movies that are on their way, you know, Tom Hanks and... You know, some serious names on that. I do. Deer is next on my hit list, actually. Oh, and the Hedy Lamar series, which we talked about. Hedy Lamar, yeah. All of there's that. like, there's a few, there's, there's a few big things on the way. Maybe they're being held. Maybe these, maybe the Tom Hanks show is something that's in the can already and is being held for mid October. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of the movies that just got, and the Robert De Niro one 
Martin Scorsese thing. Basically, there's a couple of things that were just very... Uh, the Tom Hanks one was because no one could watch it in theatres now. And the Martin Scorsese one is because it was so expensive. They needed more people to pay for it. I read that AMC theatres are opening up in July. There you go. Um, are we in a permanent mode where new releases and theatres are going to be simultaneously released on streaming? Theatre owners hated that before, but that may have changed. COVID-19 may yeah. have changed the politics and the legalities of that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have much of a choice. Yeah. Maybe they can do some revenue sharing or work out some arrangements. All right, so I wanted to finalize with uh, one last topic. How do you feel about the content of Apple TV Plus overall compared to, say, the content of uh, Netflix and Disney Plus? I know it isn't real fair because those streaming services have been around for a while, but have you noticed any... Well, Disney Plus has them. Disney flavor. Yeah, but the, the shows that have been included sure, in the sure, library have been around a long time. The animated series. Sure, sure, sure. Um, is, there a, is there a fundamental difference in the flavor or approach, in the kind of content that Apple is delivering? I mean, if you were to look at Netflix and look at the, the sci-fi shows that they're delivering and the, especially yeah. the, the techno-dramas that they've been delivering uh, do you, do, you so, see, do you see something different at Apple, and if so, why? So, from I, I, I've thought this from the first time we saw that kind of that event where you had all the big name stars appear on stage. Apple has gone for the superstars, hasn't it? It needed us to people to pay attention and know it was serious, so it deployed Oprah and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. Steve Carell and Jason Momoa and Chris Evans and so on and so on and so on and so on. And that is no mean feat. That's a big deal. So that's obviously what its focus has gone for. Uh, Disney Plus already had that stuff because it already had all that content and all those stars associated with it. Um, and Netflix had to prove itself before it got those stars. Right? It... Because it started off with no original content. It started off, first of all, obviously distributing DVDs and then just buying up some stuff. A lot of the stuff that was originally on Netflix was rubbish, right? It was just placeholder, fairly cruddy content, as I recall. Uh, and it's got better as more and more people have subscribed. So Apple has kind of done the end point first, hasn't it? Yeah, it has done the high-quality, expensive content first, and that's all it's done. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and that's... So that that is the difference. And it is it is a big difference. Um, Apple TV Plus, to me, still, still feels very serious and perhaps a bit too serious. Yeah. You know, on Netflix, I can turn it on and just watch... Look, I'm going to make a confession. There's no one listening, right? It's just you and I, John, so I can make right. a confession uh, to yeah, you. I promise, guarantee, just you and me. Go ahead. Okay, cool. So I have used this lockdown period to start watching Keeping Up With The Kardashians on Netflix. Oh, my goodness. No, no, this is a true story, John. Oh. It's just between you and I. Now, I can still edit this after the... In post-production, I can still edit now. <laughs> uh, but... um. 
And, you know, I was flicking through Disney Plus and there was, you know, old episodes of That's So Raven and just really silly, escaping, fun things. And that's why I go back to my point about Central Park. Apple TV Plus hasn't really had that. And it probably that's the bit it's missing, isn't it's You kind of have to feel like you have to commit to Apple TV Plus a bit, I think. Yeah. yeah interesting perspective. Well, with that, we're going to have to call it quits. We've run out of time. Thank you for joining me and sharing uh, your opinions about Apple TV Plus and all this news and and uh, working through it together with me. It's been fun. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Folks, you've been listening to Mac Observer's John Martellaro and Charlotte Henry on Background Mode. We'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.